This is the SCLO Library Podcast. I'm David Pensick, Communications Manager for SCLO Center Region Library. We're located in the heart of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And we're coming at you the week of October 8th. Big week here in Happy Valley. Um, It's homecoming week for Penn State University. So the parade, we have the big parade on Friday, October 12th, the big football game on Saturday, October 13th against Michigan State. Uh, lots of other activities uh, around homecoming, so hopefully you can uh, take some of that in. Lots of activities and events happening at Sklo Library. I'll get into some of them uh, toward the end of this episode, but you can also check out our website, sklolibrary.org. has a complete list of everything happening at the library, activities, events, um, both uh, this week through in, in October. So uh, October's a pre-packed month here at Sklo, so hopefully you'll get to check some, some of the things out. One of the things we hope you get to check out uh, is an author visit on Monday, October 22nd, Stephanie Powell Watts, and that's what this episode is. It's our conversation uh, we had with uh, Stephanie uh, in the late summer, I think it was. Her debut novel, No One Is Coming to Save Us, uh, was considered, was uh, voted on as one of the best books of 2017 uh, by publications such as Entertainment Weekly, W Magazine, the Chicago Review of Books, and others. She won an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Literary Work, Uh, so uh, she's just received a lot of recognition for her first book. And she actually lives in Pennsylvania, which is also pretty cool. Uh, She is a professor at Lehigh University, So, and we touched on a little bit on that in our conversation with her. Um, but this, uh, I think, uh, fr- I think what you'll hear in our talk with her, she's just a, a great person t- to to talk with, and she has a, a lot of um, a lot of things to say about her 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 book. It's been compared sort of to uh, the Great Gatsby. We touch on that. Um, so I think this will be a special evening uh, when she visits here on October 22nd, so you don't want to miss that. It's a free event uh, starting at 6.30 p.m. Uh, the event is sponsored uh, by the Sklo Library Foundation, along with Penn State University Libraries and AAUW State College. So I want to mention that. Until then, uh, enjoy our conversation we had with Stephanie Powell-Watts. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it when she comes to visit here on October 22nd. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, first of all, Stephanie, congratulations with the book. Um, and I, have you been surprised at the, uh, the response it's, it's, it's received and the reaction it, it's, it's had on people? people oh yeah. yeah oh it's it's been thrilling and shocking and and really really wonderful you know I mean when you're writing a book especially if it's your 
first or second time out, um, you just don't expect to have an audience really, you know, you're in the, you're in the space of just trying to get it done and trying to create something that you can finish and and possibly maybe get published, you know, if you're really lucky. And so, um, so that's, so I was, I'm just been thrilled about it. Yeah. Has, uh, has there been one either, you know, you've been honored with, get, get received a lot of honors, awards, anything that's really stood out to you is like, oh, wow, I really did something special here. <laughs> <Or> really <major. laughs> You know, there, there are, um, there are a lot of things I'm, I'm really proud of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of moments that just didn't even feel real, you know, uh, that, that felt like, is this somebody else's life in a way? Uh, one, the many of them stand out, but um, one of them that stands out is I met Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, wow. And, you know, I feel like I've known her my whole life, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I've seen her and she's, she's so much like the persona that she plays, you know, it's yeah. sweet and warm. She's beautiful. You know, she's just <laughs> all that. And so I felt like we we're buddy okay. <laughs> you know, she gets that all the time you know oh, and, yes. she met my son oh, and, wow. um, yeah it was that was I mean it was just one of those moments you feel you feel disconnected from your own life yeah you know? oh, that's great where, where did you meet her at I met her in Chicago um she chose my book for the American Library Association oh, yeah. um and it, uh, the book was her was her inaugural pick for that. She's done a lot of really amazing books. The new one is wonderful too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but anyway, she chose the book, and so we got to meet her, and um, I got to be on stage with her. And she said to my son, um, my son's eight, he was seven then, and she said, "You were so beautiful." <laughs> and um, my son looks at her, and, and he said, "You look good too." You know, <laughs> <laughs> that cracked her up, you know, <laughs> and she's got twins, I think, that are a year older. They're probably nine now. And um, and so she knew, you know, she knows the demo. So she knew how to how to uh, talk to him and all that kind of yeah. stuff. She was great with him. Yeah, I was going to ask this later, but since you talked, mentioned your son, um, what was that like writing a book? You know, you were. A mother, he was still relatively young. I mean, to write this book while, be, you know, being a new mother and all that. I mean, how was that process? Um, you know, it's 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 a tough process. You know, it is. I'm I'm a professor, and so I have uh, so I have a full time job, and but uh, it's just. I mean, it's something that I've wanted to do forever, and it's uh, just kind of carving out a little bit of time. You know, just a little bit of space. Uh, and especially when you're uh, a parent, you, you the the days just the what you do in your day just expands, you know, to fill up the day. And if you don't carve out just a little bit of space, and it doesn't have to be much, you know, I, I have a friend who's a writer. Her name's Lee Upton. She's really wonderful, and she said that when she had her kids, she had to figure out ten minutes spaces to write something you know because that's all she had and so of course I'm pregnant at the time and I went oh my gosh are you kidding me (laughs) but it's totally totally true you know don't I mean and it's amazing how much you can actually get done you know in that tiny little bit of space (laughs) I'm desperate I was very little sleep, probably. That's right. That's right. Um, Well, can you talk about uh, your childhood? Because obviously, uh, the setting, rural North Carolina, obviously, that had an influence on on the setting in your book. And and talk a little bit about that. What it was like for you growing up, and also the the influence it had on, on this book. 
Yeah, my I'm the oldest of five. I have four younger brothers, and um, my my parents divorced uh, fairly early in, in my life when I was eleven. But uh, we all lived together um, in uh, rural North Carolina, down a dirt road, you know, kind of this winding dirt road in North Carolina for those those years um, at least. And after that, when my parents got divorced, my my mother. Um, moved around quite a bit. And, you know, when I talk about I talk about this to people or when I mention this to people, I'm always surprised to learn that this has happened over and over again, you know, that so many people have this experience of being with a single mom who doesn't have a lot of money, who is, moves around a lot. And um, sometimes it's because of finances. I mean, that's just a reality. But, um, but, but often it's just trying to find that fit you know, the, the place that's a, that's, you can live your life that feels like home, you know, and just trying to figure out where that place is. So we did that quite a bit. And the, and, you know, at first you really, you're really excited by that because moving it, there's a great excitement with moving at first, Mm, (laughs) you know, but after a while it's uh, it's not, that much fun, you know, to be, um, to be moving around and being the new kid all the time and that kind of thing. And so I wanted to write about in, in both in the microcosm, this idea of who moves and who stays and in, in this macro way, you know, there are people who leave North Carolina or who leave their homes and there were waves and waves of migrations of African-Americans and, uh, and of course people who lived in the mountains of North Carolina, white, white people who moved away and, you know, and what that means for your conception of home. And so, uh, so I wanted to explore that a little bit in the book. Wow. Did you, I don't know if you still think, did you return to area when you were sort of in the process of writing the book to sort of get that, feel again or or I don't know how long you'd been away from home when you started writing it or getting ideas for it? Um, no, not really. I mean, I go home frequently. I have a, a young child and the grandparents are there. So I'm, I go actually uh, to North Carolina quite a bit, but I did talk to people. I did interview people and, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a more formal way, like I interviewed um, undertakers of oh, uh, <laughs> was a whole section of the book that really it doesn't yeah. is not there <laughs> you know, just the are there but I wrote all, all this about about that process but um, but I interviewed people formally and um, and I also informally just to kind of get a, a sense of things that maybe I had um, that I had missed because I haven't lived there since 1997 okay. uh, when I went to graduate school mm-hmm. Um, now I think you've come out and said it in, in all the, uh, reviews about, about, you know, comparing it or whatever to the great Gatsby, obviously it's had been big influence. Can you talk, I guess, a little bit about that, about the, the great Gatsby and, and its influence on you and, and, and the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I I love it. I should probably say first that um, uh, somebody did a, an interview. I, I did an interview with someone before the book came out, and uh, and so the the interviewer said, "What's your book about? What what is it?" And I said, "Well, it's just like The Great Gatsby, except the it's in rural North Carolina, and it's set in the two thousands, and they're." 
they're poor and they're black, but you know, <laughs> just like a great Gatsby. And I, I thought, I thought that was really a joke, yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, I think it caught on a little bit and, mm-hmm. and there, there are some, there are some influences that, uh, but it's not a retelling of that story or anything right. like that. And, you know, it's, um, I've seen, I've seen a lot of like a Gatsby reboot, but it's really not that it's, um, I, I did want to talk about what happens when you come back to a place that you knew of as home. What comes? What happens when that when that happens? How does? How have you changed? How has the home changed? Can you reintegrate? Um, is there a such thing? So I mean, so I wanted to uh, to talk about those sorts of things, and that that seems to me that's part of of Gatsby. Um, also, the the whole idea about class is yeah. huge in Gatsby. And um, and the the impenetrable, but they feel like membranes that are easily passed through, but they're not. <laughs> right. And um, and some of those uh, issues of class, I wanted I wanted to explore uh, too. But of of course, my characters are African American, and the issues of uh, most of them are, and the issues of race are you know are never out of the picture. And so I I, I wanted to talk about how race influences home and how you feel about it and what you think about it. And, you know, um, one of the things people are not sitting around thinking about their race all the time, you know, know, Oh, Oh, I'm, I'm black today. There, there are moments when you are acutely aware that race is very important in, in your life. And sometimes those are moments of, of, sadness or danger or, you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have people struggling with this issue in, in modern times, at least all of the time. Okay. This is something though, that has permeated the atmosphere in the place where they are and, and they have to learn how to negotiate and live with, uh, with live with the consequences of the, these racial divisions. But I didn't want it to be the absolute focus of the book. Right. Were, and is it, were there, Incidents or things that happen in your childhood, or even now that that you still have to deal with in terms of race or tensions or anything. I don't know. It's a you know, it's one of those um, kinds of things you you wonder about uh, a situation, right. you know, um, and I, that's a little bit vague, but I, I, I guess I mean that when you go into a situation and you feel like that you have not been treated well, mm-hmm. then the, the first issue you encounter is, okay, um, what have I done to, to create this situation? And if you can't come up with anything, <laughs> then there's like, okay, this must be what it is. All you know, right. there must be a, ra- a racial or even racist component to what's happening here. And so, you know, so there are those moments. Uh, overt racism, although, of course, we've, we've seen it, and especially in um, even in recent times, very direct and ugly uh, overt racism. But for the most part, uh, it's those kinds of things, yeah. the, the feeling uh, outside of, of a group or feeling out outside of a, of a situation or feeling like that you haven't been treated well, you know, this kind of, you know, death by a thousand cuts sort of thing, yeah. you know, and wonder what's, you know, what is it, what's going on until you, you know, you do the. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I read 
your this essay you did, and I saw it on Lit Hub. I don't know if it appeared anywhere else, but uh, you know, I love the Great Gatsby, even if it doesn't love me back. Um, mm-hmm. I guess could you talk for people maybe who didn't read it, um, what you mean by that, and do you does that happen? Do you feel people do? You know, people read a book that they love, and the and can the book not love them back, or you know mm-hmm. what that what that means to you? <laughs> Yeah, um, I I wrote that essay because I was um, you know thinking a lot about Gatsby with a book coming out, and um, and there there's some books that that I go into, and uh, I I I should I should back up for one second. I feel like that uh, everyone has something valuable and exciting and instructive to say in a book, and so I mean I don't necessarily just read all of one one uh, identity author or that kind of thing. I, I think that that's, that's not what, what we should be doing. Right. So, um, so I feel like that the, the role of fiction is to showcase people in interesting situations for, for us to learn from and also be delighted by it. That's what, that's what we're doing. So, um, so when I go to a book like Fitzgerald um and I, I know probably I'm not going to see myself reflected in the in the book in my my specific identity. But that's not that's not a that that doesn't bother me. That it bothers me that there aren't many other books showing other kinds of identities. That bothers me. But in, inside the worldview of uh, Fitzgerald or someone, it makes it makes sense to me that there probably wouldn't be prominent people of color in that book. So, so that's not my that's not my issue. Uh, I guess when I feel outside, you know, when I feel like I'm, you know, the the more please Oliver Twist character, or, you know, outside of the the house is when there's something that suggests the readership is not me, you know, that that others me, and there are a few moments. In um, in Gatsby, where I where I felt that, mm. and you know, there's there's this moment. I, I'm sure everybody's read Gatsby, so mm. it's not that I have to just spoiler alert. But, <laughs> but there's a moment when the, all of the main characters are together, and Jordan Baker, who is a, who is a kind of the love interest for the main um, for the main character or the um, or the narrator, Nick is, uh, you know, says something like, we're all white here. We can we can say what we want to say because we're all white here. And so, you know, there's a moment that, and it feels like that that is something that also the readership would be be feeling. I mean, this book was written in 1925, published in 1925. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that was probably the case. And so it puts a distance between me and uh, and what's happening in in the moment, you know, and so those are moments that I feel like maybe this is not, maybe this book is not loving me back. It doesn't mean I can't get something valuable out of it, and I and I think there are a lot of of amazing things to learn from Gatsby, but there are those othering moments when I feel like ah, <laughs> not, this was not for me, you right, know. Right. Um, now you. You're a professor at Lehigh, and so mm-hmm. you get to see a lot of the future, you know, coming yeah. up. What have you noticed about, you know, aspiring writers and, um, what, you know, what they're writing about or what they're, you know, what they're talking about? 
Um, there, there are a couple of things. I mean, I think that there are a number of really wonderful writers I see. Um, I, every semester I see really good writing and really good writers. Um, but there is a little bit of a hesitation, I think, on the parts of, of uh, younger people and newer, uh, earlier career people to write, uh, you know, outside of their kind of um, subject, outside of their identity. The, the idea that you can own, own a space and nobody else can be a part of that or get into that space. So if you are, um, if you have, um, if you have some ethnicity or, or race, you own that and no one else can write that. And, um, and so I can't possibly write this character or that character. And I, I do see that a lot that people feel, and it's, it is a, comes from a very good and gracious place that the students don't want to, um, appropriate someone's experience or to pretend that they understand the complexities of, you know, racism in America or that, or that kind of thing. But I say to them, absolutely do it. That's what we're doing. You know, that's what, that's what fiction is. The, and, and though they don't mean it this way, the idea that I could understand everything in the African-American female experience is crazy. You know, I mean, there are all, there are things I'm learning all the time. There are plenty of things I'm going to get wrong. Writing is about trying and trying again and, and refining it over, over years, over generations, you know? And so, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that with no knowledge and no research and no truly thinking about it, you just go write something that that, um, you know, that's a Native American experience or something. You know, that's not what I'm saying at all. But um, write your characters. That's what we're all doing. And and we're none of us should be pretending that we know everything about any kind of speaking subject, ra- uh, race, um, um yeah, um, gender, whatever. Yeah. Well, I guess in writing your book, was there a particular character or particular scene that was difficult for you to write, whether, whether it hit close to home or was more of a challenge when you were, when you were um, crafting it? Yeah, there were a few scenes, um, especially with uh, with Sylvia. Sylvia is um, she's the one of the older protagonists in the in the book, and she has um, lost her son. And she has she she has been um, you know pressing forward in her life and trying to do as much as she can with that uh, incredible hole and um, in her in her being, but. Um, but when the moments when she has to face that or she tries to face this loss um, were really, really hard for me. And just and and I and I guess because they're hard for her. I, you know, I just I heard something um, or um, about Philip Roth's not. Philip, yeah. No. Um, Neil Simon hmm. saying that uh, that his character, he couldn't tell the difference between his body can't tell the difference between fiction and nonfiction. So when he's writing a character that's hurting, he's hurting, you know, and I, I don't know. Um, I don't know that that's true for me, but I do know that it takes, that it takes a toll, you know, you, you feel it. And if it's, if it's written so that uh, it feels like that there's a complex and fully rounded character, you do, you do feel it, you know, and it hurts when, when they hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, 
so you're coming here in October, public library. Did uh, libraries play a big part in your growing up, or did you visit them a lot? Was a public library a place for you to, to go since, you know, read the Gatsby, Great Gatsby, or, you know, whatever? <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, I love libraries. Yeah. My um, the launch of my my novel was a fundraiser for our public library, oh. and um, as I mentioned, that we um, we moved around a lot, but we always found the library. And my mother was adamant about that. We are all uh, there. Are five of us. We're all big readers. Um, you know, we went to the library every week. I mean, I'm sure because it was a place that actually welcomed us. <laughs> You know, I mean, you see somebody coming in with five little kids. That's not usually like, you know, <laughs> you know. And, but they welcomed us. They were really kind to us. We got a couple books every, we got two books every week. We got to go back and change them the next week. I mean, it, it was just a kind of shelter for, um, for us All, always was. Yeah. And not, not just for the, the books that were there and that of course is crucially important, but just having that space, you know, and to feel somewhere where you feel like that you belong and it's okay and so libraries have been really formative for me oh that's great um before we wrap up a question i've asked all um my guests uh or is talk about a, a book or books that have made an impact on you obviously the great gatsby did but um were there other books um either now or growing up that ha- have impacted your life Oh boy. Yeah. There, there's so many of them. Um, uh, let's see. Well, most recently I was just, um, rereading, uh, white tea and, uh, that was a book. I mean, this is fair, fairly recently, but that was a book that, um, that gave me so many kinds of permissions, you know, and one of them was, uh, she, uh, Zadie Smith wrote about, an, um, an African-American character who was a Jehovah's Witness. And my mother was a Jehovah's Witness. She still is a Jehovah's Witness. And my, my oldest brother is. And I was for a while. And so there was so much in that book about that. And this was just not a topic that I really thought about writing about. You know, it just wasn't something that I thought was interesting or important enough or just, and I had never seen it before done in an extended way. I'd seen some stories, but mostly the stories were from the points of view of householders, you know, and Jehovah's Witnesses said, come to, come to the door, you know, that, that kind of thing. But from the points of view of of Jehovah's Witnesses. um, So I was really excited about that. And I think that, um, you know, Jacqueline Woodson talks about, that um, people need mirrors and they also need windows, and I think I think that's that's super important for uh, for children particularly, but also for writers to be able to see, okay, there's something beyond me and here, but also I belong here too, and so that was a, a, a real turning point for me. Oh, that's great. Well, Stephanie, hey, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank and you. We're looking, forward, looking forward to seeing you here at SCLO, and uh, I think it's going to be a great evening. Thank you so much. So again, that's Monday, October 22nd, an evening with Stephanie Powell-Watts. It begins 6.30 p.m. in our community room. It's a free event. You're not going to want to miss it. It's a great author visit. We're so 
Uh, we're thrilled that she'll be uh, coming to SCLO on October 22nd. Other events happening at the library, um, Storytime and Toddler Learning Center registration are now open, so uh, visit our website, sclolibrary.org, uh, to register for those. Another event you might want to register for, uh, it's a family event, Family Fortnight on Thursday, October 11th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, families can come, build blanket forts in the library, uh, snuggle up with a good book. You can bring a flashlight. Uh, it is limited to 50 children, so if you are interested, visit our website, sclolibrary.org, and register. Research Unplugged continues in October, uh, October 11th. Dr. Kathleen Keller of Penn State's Department of Nutritional Sciences and Food Science will be talking about children's food preferences, raising healthy eaters in an unhealthy food environment. Um, As a father of two young boys who are pretty picky eaters, um, I'm definitely going to want to check out Dr. Keller and what she has to say. Uh, October 18th, Dr. Esther Abonio of Penn State's Department of Architectural Engineering is going to discuss Uh, Factors and Barriers to Adoption of Sustainable Structural Materials, a case study of the New Kensington Urban Renewal Program. And then the fall research unplugged series uh, concludes on October 25th. Dr. Roger Williams, the former executive director of the Penn State Alumni Association, he'll be discussing Evan Pugh's Penn State America's Model agricultural college and dr williams wrote a book came out earlier this year on evan Pugh, so and that we have at slow lever so you can check that out and, and and hear him talk on october 25th as the fall research unplugs uh, sessions end and then some other events happening at the library uh, october 17th uh, stacy burdan she's an international careers expert uh, global executive and award-winning author She's going to be in our community room at 6.30 p.m. to discuss raising children to have a global mindset. And this is an event uh, sponsored by the Center for Global Studies at Penn State. So that, that should be a um, very interesting event. Um, she's going to discuss the importance of raising children to think globally. So that's a special visit again, Stacy Burdan, on October 17th. And Sklow Labs, the next one is Saturday, October 20th digital photo storage Um, if you take a lot of pictures on your phone and who doesn't and you're running out of room get get some tips on how to store your digital photos so you can uh, don't have to keep getting new iPhones and all our smartphones all that anyway everything's on our website glowlibrary.org the social media Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, the calendar of events you can pick them up at the library or they're available on the website so that's it for this episode. Uh, until then, till next next time, we hope to see you at Slow Library.